From 90.7 WFAE, this is Newsworthy for Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. I'm Eric Thiel. Charlotte City Council last night voted to allow Wells Fargo to place its name on top of the old Duke Energy Building in Uptown, which is now the bank's main corporate location in Charlotte. The bank sign will have 14-foot letters, similar to the size of the truest letters that the bank placed on the old Hearst Tower. The Wells Fargo sign will be 1,800 square feet in size. The rezoning request didn't draw any opposition. Union County commissioners voted 3-2 to Monday night to ban fluoride from the county's water system. The treatment has been used in the U.S. since the 1930s, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says fluoridation is a safe and effective way to prevent cavities. But Commissioners Brian Helms, David Williams, and Melissa Merrill said people should have the choice of whether to consume fluoride. Let's stop putting something in the water that's meant to treat us and and give people the freedom to choose. What an extraordinary idea. That's Williams speaking before the vote. Commissioners Richard Helms and J.R. Rowell voted to keep fluoride. Richard Helms said he grew up on well water and had a history of dental issues, but his children avoided that by growing up with fluoridated water. My children had the blessing of growing up with fluoride in their water, and it has done that. They have very little uh, dental issues. Before the vote, the commission heard from dentists and other supporters of fluoridation who pointed out that we also put chemicals like chlorine in our water to keep people healthy. Opponents told the commission that fluoride in the water is dangerous, can lower children's IQ, and that evidence about the truth has been suppressed. No charges will be filed in a domestic incident involving the Greensboro city manager last December and members of his family. The Greensboro Police Department also says there's no evidence that city manager Taiwo Jayaba received preferential treatment when officers were called to his home for a domestic disturbance December 28th. Jayaba formerly worked for the city of Charlotte as an assistant city manager and planning director. In a statement, he says, parents often have disagreements with their adult kids and was later seen wearing a sling. A super PAC with ties to Republicans has entered North Carolina's Democratic primary for attorney general, running television commercials praising Durham County District Attorney Satana DeBerry. Her main opponent is Charlotte Congressman Jeff Jackson. Steve Harrison has this report. DeBerry is considered more progressive than Jackson, who has run for Congress in the state legislature as a centrist. The Virginia-based group and Justice for All is touting DeBerry's liberal credentials. As Durham District Attorney, she worked to end inequity and racial bias in the system. As Attorney General, she will fight to make the system more transparent, lower incarceration rates, and break the cycle of crime. Emails and phone messages to and justice for all weren't returned. But the group uses Chainbridge Bank in McLean, Virginia, which is often used by Republican candidates and committees, including the Republican Attorney's General PAC. It's common for both Democrats and Republicans to interject themselves into the other party's primaries to try and promote a candidate they think will be easier to beat in the general election. The most recent campaign finance report showed Jackson had $1.8 million in the bank at the end of 2023, compared with roughly 31000 for DeBerry. DeBerry said in a statement that she doesn't know who made the ads or why, and said this is not the first time people have underestimated a black woman. The winning Democrat in the March 5th primary will face Republican Charlotte-area Congressman Dan Bishop in the general election. Steve Harrison, WFAE News.
The South Carolina Republican Party is condemning what it says are attempts to get Democrats to vote in Saturday's GOP primary between former President Trump and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Again, here's Steve Harrison. In South Carolina, voters do not register by political party. That means that anyone can vote in Saturday's Republican primary, so long as they didn't already vote in the Democratic primary earlier this month. Haley is down by around 30 percentage points, polls show. Her best chance is for Democrats to back her in a long-shot bid to stop Trump. The state Republican Party said there have been, quote, several outrageous calls by third-party organizations to encourage Democrats to vote Saturday. South Carolina Republican Party Chair Drew McKissick said he, quote, won't sit back and let Democrats tarnish our reputation, and he called on the state to enact official party registration and closed primaries. Steve Harrison, WFAE News. Foothills Conservancy of North Carolina announced it's buying a 326-acre parcel of land in Blowing Rock that contains the headwaters of the Johns River and is part of an iconic view seen from the Blowing Rock attraction, Highway 321, and other locations within the town limits of Blowing Rock. The organization says in a press release it has received grant funding for the project and plans to permanently protect the property. William Byron won the Daytona 500 last night on the 40th anniversary of Concord-based Hendrick Motorsports' debut at the World Center of Racing. After the race, team owner Rick Hendrick reflected back to that first race for his fledgling organization that now has more than 500 employees. You know, when I think back 40 years and coming down here and feeling like I didn't belong, seeing Junior Johnson and the Petties and Wood Brothers, and man, here we were with five full-time people and uh, no sponsor and finishing the top 10 and uh, but to win this race I guess since it's been 10 years I forgot how thrilling it really is. It was the first Daytona 500 win for Byron a Charlotte native. NASCAR teams have hired one of the country's top antitrust and sports lawyers to advise them in an ongoing dispute with the family-owned stock car series over a new revenue sharing model. ABC News reports the decision to hire Jeffrey Kessler came after a Saturday meeting at Daytona International Speedway that included the majority owner from each of the 15 chartered teams in NASCAR. Although the teams invited NASCAR representatives to attend, none did. Charters are similar to franchises in other sports. A Charlotte native and former NFL player is advancing in this season of the reality singing competition American Idol. 24-year-old Blake Prohl impressed judges in his audition broadcast Sunday night on ABC. In case you didn't know, I'm crazy about you. And I will be lying if I said that I could live this life without you. Even though I don't tell you all the time, you had my heart alone. The Charlotte Observer reports Prohl was a standout football player at Providence High School. He later played wide receiver at East Carolina University and signed with the Minnesota Vikings before suffering a torn ACL, causing him to miss his entire rookie season. His father, Ricky Prohl, played 17 years in the NFL, including three for the Carolina Panthers. School choice is a big part of the Charlotte area education scene, and it's the time of year when families are making plans for August. Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools recently posted results from its 2024 Magnet Lottery. Some schools have long waiting lists to get in, 
while others are struggling to fill seats. All this comes at a time when there's increasing competition from charter schools, homeschooling, and publicly subsidized private schools. Andos Helms spoke with our Marshall Terry about what the numbers show and what it all means. So, Anne, uh, for people who aren't familiar with this system, what is the magnet lottery? Well, every winter, students have to apply if they want to get into a magnet program for the coming school year. Those are academic specialties like language immersion, arts, STEM, IB, high schools on college campuses. CMS has 37 programs altogether, and most of them are offered in several locations. And if there are more applicants than spaces available, that's where the lottery comes in. At the most popular schools, it's luck of the draw whether you get in or land on a waiting list. About 17,000 students applied for 2024, but for a lot of them, there was really no lottery involved because there were enough seats for everyone and often some left over. CMS has magnet programs in 71 schools and 56 of those are advertising that they still have space available, which is good news for parents who are still trying to figure out what their kids are going to do in August. Now, what's the difference between schools that are in high demand and those that don't fill? Uh, Do we know? It's a combination of the program, the location, and the school's reputation. But if I knew exactly what the magic formula was, I could make a lot of money as a consultant. Take the international baccalaureate programs. Some of them are hugely popular. Piedmont Ivy Middle School always has a long waiting list, and the new Ballantine Ridge High School is opening in August with an IB magnet that already has a waiting list. But other IB magnets draw very few students, and unfortunately, that's often when they're located in high-poverty or low-performing schools. And that same pattern plays out with other magnet programs as well, and it's a challenge for CMS planners because they want to attract students to schools where there's space and where a new academic program might boost the overall performance. But a lot of schools are a tough sell to families. So what happens if a program doesn't fill? Does CMS close it? Sometimes, but not often. So remember that CMS has a combination of what they call full magnets and partial magnets. A full magnet has no neighborhood zone. All the students have to opt in. And if a full magnet can't attract students, then it can be hard to justify the operating costs. We saw an example of that last year. CMS finished a $5 million renovation of Waddell High, which used to be a K-8 magnet. For 2023, CMS offered a high school aviation magnet there. And it drew so few students that CMS pulled the plug before it opened. Now that full-size high school building is housing only a couple of small programs. But many of the magnets are located within a neighborhood school, a partial magnet. And CMS then offers the magnet theme to all of the students. So in those cases, if CMS has to pay for teacher training or labs or whatever it takes to support the magnet program, it might be justified because the neighborhood students participate also. Another thing the district tends to do if a program isn't drawing much interest is switch the theme. So, for instance, a couple of middle school leadership magnets weren't doing great. So next year, CMS is changing them to Cambridge or IB. Now, you mentioned a $5 million renovation for a building that hasn't been able to attract students. So there's some big public money involved in all this, right? Absolutely. And $5 million is almost peanuts in the scope of what CMS spends for construction and renovation. To go back to that Waddell example, it used to be a K-8 world language magnet, and it was really popular. But parents who lived in the northern part of the county said, hey, we love this program, but the only way our kids can get there is to ride the bus for maybe an hour or more. So CMS spent more than $82 million to build two new K-8 language magnet schools, one in the south, not far from the old location, and one in Huntersville. Now the district has to find teachers who are fluent in various languages, including 
Chinese, French, and German for more different locations. And CMS acknowledges that's been tough. And meanwhile, the K-8 and high school language magnets are not full for 2024. At the extreme, North Mex German program has only eight students signed up. And voters just approved a huge $2.5 billion school bond package for CMS. How much of that is tied up in magnet schools? It's hard to get a tidy number because some projects involve a mix of magnet and neighborhood uses, but we can safely say that more than $500 million is destined for magnet schools. The biggest being a totally new Second Ward Health Sciences Magnet High School that's expected to cost almost $177 million and open in 2028. In 2025, we should see three renovated schools open as Montessori magnets. That's a total of $179 million in construction, and that will mean more seats available in programs that traditionally do have long waiting lists. There's also almost $167 million scheduled for renovations to arts magnets that will provide more suitable space and more seats starting in 2026, but this year the arts magnets are not filling the spaces they have. This is all so complicated and expensive. Why does CMS have so many magnets? The program really geared up in the 1990s as a tool for court-ordered racial desegregation, basically to entice families to voluntarily diversify a school. Now, socioeconomic diversity is still a goal, but it's more about offering specialized programs that might capture students' interests and even give them an edge for college and careers. And as you mentioned, there's more competition for students now from charters and private schools that take vouchers, so magnets help. We have seen surrounding districts expanding their magnet programs in recent years as well. Hasn't the school board been talking about doing a big review of magnet programs? Where does that stand? It's board policy to do a student assignment overview every six years, and some officials started talking about that in 2021. Now, you may recall that we've had a lot of churn in the top administrative offices and on the school board since then, so that kind of delayed things. Board Chair Stephanie Sneed says Superintendent Crystal Hill and her staff are working with consultants on a big magnet analysis now. They'll be looking at things like what the current programs that we're, we're having now, the utilization of those programs, the demographics, um, who's participating in those programs. So it should be a comprehensive analysis of all the programs that we have and any that we possibly want to implement in the future. Sneed says it'll probably be May or June before we see that report completed and put up for public discussion. All right, Anne, thanks for joining me. Thank you. That was WFAE education reporter Ann Doss Helms. You can find more about the 2024 CMS Magnet Lottery results at WFAE.org. And sign up for Ann's weekly education newsletter at WFAE.org slash newsletters. And for Tuesday, February 20th, that's Newsworthy. I'm Eric Teal.